0: Hello friends, welcome to That's Pretty Woo, conversations about life, beauty, and magic, because talking it out makes us all more connected. We're your hosts, Jordan Medina and Kayleen Seuss, two friends navigating the balance between making time for our work and passions while trying to be present in everyday life as mothers, partners, and citizens of the universe. Okay, let's chat. Hey, Jordan. We have something extra special to share today. This episode is about the woo of bodies, which is a pretty loaded topic. But before we get into that, we're going to share an interview that our teacher and mentor Katie Dalebout did with us for her podcast, Let It Out. Yes. To give a bit of backstory, we enrolled in Katie's podcasting
1: workshop earlier this year. And as part of it, we entered the episode you're about to hear into a contest. Which we won. Yes. So today we're sharing the full bodies episode, which is perfect for this time of year on the heels of our gratitude episode last week and just in time for the holiday season, which is when some of us can spend time worrying about how our indulgences might end up on our hips.
0: Totally. And I'm inviting myself and you and all our listeners to chill out on those worries and focus our energy on our appreciating the magic of our bodies. Jordan, we take this conversation in a few directions that we weren't expecting, but I think we came out only a little embarrassed and we have new revelations on what living in our bodies means to each of us. Um. Yep. So this is a longer listen, which means we hope you can pour yourself a
1: cozy
2: beverage and enjoy. And let's go to the interview. Jordan and Kayleen, welcome to Let It Out. I'm so happy that you're here and I am a fan of your new podcast, That's Pretty Woo. I'm just really proud of you for making a podcast.
1: Well, thank you, Katie. We are so happy to be here and we're so happy we took your course. Yes. Thank you so
2: much. (laughs) (laughs) So tell everyone listening, what is That's Pretty Woo? How did you guys come up with the concept and what can they expect this season?
1: The tagline of the show is basically that it's about like life, beauty, and magic. But Kayleen, is she was a client of mine, still is. Um, I'm a hairstylist, and she approached me some months ago and was like, "Would you ever want to start a podcast?" Because I feel like after I leave the chair, I want to have like show notes for our conversation. And we kind of laughed, and I was like, "Actually, yeah." And my husband has a lot of the gear because he does video work, and so. It seemed like a natural fit and we both love to talk. We're chatty Mm Cathy's and we ended up talking about we both are really into woo-woo stuff. We kind of wanted to debunk woo and say what it was really about and get into the sort of spiritual realm. And so each episode has a different topic. If
0: you want to say like, yeah, so a few of the episodes are on rituals and the moon. We've done one on food. We've done one on doing less and letting go and what that really means. So we've kind of just picked on different topics to discuss. We just did one on fiction, which is actually super woo-woo. It doesn't really seem (laughs) like it, but fiction books are all made up which is kind of woo. So it's just girl talk, the two of us chatting about these topics. And it's been a really fun creative expression, but also like a huge self-inquiry, self-discovery process. Oh yeah, I've been
1: saying like, if you ever wanna learn (laughs) about yourself, like record a podcast and then edit it and (laughs) self-reflect the whole time, because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a lot of self-reflection. But it's been wonderful actually.
2: It's really interesting because I loved listening to it not because it was so woo-woo, but because it was so grounded. You know, I feel like you two are people who are very much smart women doing many different things. You're both moms. This is a creative project that clearly feeds you, which is exactly what what I hoped people would get from starting podcasts. And I just love the fact that a podcast like this of two people having a conversation who genuinely like each other makes people who eavesdrop on that conversation feel less alone. You know, that's what I hope to do with Let It Out and with Spiraling and with a lot of the projects that I make. But what's interesting is how grounded the two of you are to talk about these different topics. And part of that might be the episode that I listened to and that people are about to hear now which is about like the most grounded topic, which is about bodies. And you guys both have such an interesting, beautiful perspective in talking about all these different elements of your bodies that I was so excited to hear you explain. Because... I thought that it could kind of go either way. I was like, oh God, they submitted an episode on bodies. Like I was honestly... <laughs> we
1: thought that too. <laughs> we were we were nervous to record it for sure. Yeah,
2: I was kind of worried. I was like, oh God, is this going to be really diet Is this going to be about like exercise or weight loss or body image heavy? Or like, what is this going to be? But you guys really covered the gamut. Like you do talk about doing less and exercise-wise and physical therapy-wise and injuries and you talk about getting more into your feminine and you talk about body image and You talk about jordan you having back surgery and and being a competitive swimmer at one point you guys talk about acupuncture and cupping and How to feel more in your body you talk about motherhood and how we're all animals like kayleen you were hilarious and you talked when you talked about how we're Animals and you really really learned that when you were giving birth and that like we're this animal creature that I remember like having a moment where I realized that in my own body and different ways of getting into your body and it was just a really Great episode. How did you guys decide on that topic? And why did you choose that one to submit to this contest?
1: Well, we recorded three. We batch record, and we had recorded three, knowing that we were gonna with the timeline that we were recording on. We knew we had to submit one to you, and so I think we finished up the episode, and immediately both of us were like, "That was the one." And it just felt really like it kind of went off the off the rails a little bit, like in the episode. But you know, it was in a way that was
0: so real. I think, yeah. I mean, oftentimes we wrap an episode. And we look at each other and we're like, what did we just talk about? And what did we just say? And what did we just reveal? And I think that we both left feeling like that after the Bodies episode. But we also felt like, wow, that was a really valuable conversation. Mm-hmm. And we both felt good about having it. So... Um, yeah, we just, I think we thought it would resonate with you. And it was funny because Katie, you had just posted something recently about like cellulite on your Instagram feed. And we were like, that's like what we're talking about is just learning to love these bodies that we're in, but also like Mm -hmm. loving the parts of us that judge the body too. Like it's all part of the process of like this life that we're experiencing
2: you guys are really wise. I mean, genuinely that this episode helped me a lot. (laughs) I mean, really, it was, yeah, it was, it hit me hard (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I really am so happy that it exists and that you guys made it. Can you each say something from this episode that sticks out to you? Maybe a moment, or I mentioned several that stuck out to me, but Yes,
1: I, I know I have one. Um okay, for me, for me it's the when I was mentioning the Gabby Bernstein photo, which is still up on her Instagram. And then I go in that big old spiel about... Yes, which can I interrupt
0: um, you and tell yeah. you about that? So that, this is Kayleen, that photo that you're talking about is from hypnobirthing, which oh. I took and like I'm obsessed with. <laughs> and that photo is supposed to represent like the flower blossoming and opening during birth. It which, does. <laughs> and then it dies. And so... <laughs>
1: I I really but listening back to that. I was like, Oh, I really I laughed at myself and I was like It's funny to hear yourself and sometimes appreciate I feel so often I listen back and i'm like, what am I talking about? And in that instance, I was like, no, I really I stand by what i'm saying and I I like appreciate it I think it's like interesting and funny and and for me that was like a out of maybe every episode we've recorded I think that was like a random truth that came out that I was like really proud of
0: what about you? Yeah, I think that the thing that I was most still exploring in the episode is the outsourcing my body to the universe concept <laughs> where I'm like, I'm giving it a crystal and 100 days and all these silly, wacky ideas that I have, which I'm still playing with, but just hasn't really been going the way that I anticipated. <laughs> like, getting my, Giving my body over to the universe is like, I don't even think I understand what that really means. And so I've kind of backed away from that a little bit which maybe has been a letting go process. Mm -hmm. Like in making it a project to give my body to the universe was like a silly thing to begin with. Like the actual giving my body away is just allowing it to be and not treating it like a project, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. I think through my history of swimming and just through my life, And the culture that we're in, like our bodies are constantly projects to us. We're told to do this and this and this.
2: Right. It's about making your life, your masterpiece, not your body, which is a Mm -hmm. Glennon. Do you guys know Glennon Doyle Melton? She wrote this article, I think for the Huffington Post years ago. And that always stuck with me, just the title of that article, because I think, again, it goes back to diet culture Mm -hmm. and you know, the prevalence of eating disorders and comparison and negative body image really lends itself to we put so much time and effort into controlling our bodies and managing our bodies. And our bodies really aren't something to be controlled or managed through Mm -hmm. exercise and the way we eat and what we don't eat. And it's something what we're talking about all the time where we could be using that energy towards anything else, towards, you know, Making something towards starting a creative project, towards making a podcast, towards relationships, our children, anything, honestly. And the amount, it really makes me sad to think about the amount of time and brain space that I've devoted to counting calories or feeling bad about myself or wishing my body was different or trying to make it different actively or stressing about scheduling workout classes that I could have put that energy towards anything else. I could have learned more. I could have put more effort into my brain and developing that and making that stronger than into my body. And our bodies aren't something to be controlled. They're meant to be lived in. They're meant to be enjoyed and of course taken care of too. And I think it's about finding that balance between healthy hedonism and trying to like I said, enjoy them for all we can and be present in them, which is another part of this episode that really stuck out to me. You guys talked about this in the very beginning about walking into a room and taking a beat to be in your body. And that's something that I used to be very into listening to a lot of Abraham Hicks videos. And they would always call it pre-paving, like before you walk into a new situation, like before you walk into a new client or to a new meeting or, you know, going from thing to thing, stopping breathing, like getting in your body, being present, because it really does make a difference. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I saw you were recently on Ashley Wood's podcast, Manifest This. And she talks a lot about like doing these small practices to get back into the body. And it is it can be a big thing, right? Or it can be a really small thing. We have access to our bodies literally on a moment's notice. But it's just getting that awareness and realizing like, oh, I'm out of my body, I'm in my head or wherever you are. And then taking that just that slice of time to come back to yourself and what a gift when you realize it. And sometimes you don't, (laughs) sometimes it doesn't happen and that's fine too. But yeah, that's something that even though we say it in the episode, like it's something we both practice, I think on an every moment basis. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. I
0: mean, I think one thing I say in the episode is
1: I'm talking about like the body positivity movement and just paying so much attention to our bodies, which I think is kind of what you were saying a minute ago. And I think since then, I've kind of learned a little bit more about like the body neutrality movement since this episode was recording. And that's been really eye opening because it just kind of takes away the focus on our bodies as our self-worth, because it, it just shouldn't be that it, you know, our bodies are a gift and they're a blessing. And if we have the full access to utilize them, then that's a blessing. And that's what it should be. The focus should be on, not about how we look and how we feel others view us. And I think so often that's what we get wrong.
0: Yeah. But at the same time, the one thing that we talk about that I really want to hold on to is taking a moment to say when we do, when we are feeling ourselves, And when when instead of putting ourselves down in camaraderie, Mm -hmm. being a leader and saying like, no, I feel really good in my body today or whatever the case may be. Or we have an episode about sleep coming out and it's the same thing. Everybody's always talking about how they're not getting enough sleep and they're drinking coffee instead. And it's like, what if you had a friend that was like, actually, I took a three hour nap yesterday and I feel good. More of that, awareness and positivity around when we are feeling good, Mm -hmm. because that's such an uncommon thing that is really uncomfortable. Actually, I think for me to like speak well about myself makes me feel weird and nervous. And I don't know why that is.
1: Yeah. I think it's what you just said, the camaraderie, I think, especially as women.
0: Like if I say that I feel good, that means that you're not. Yeah. But that's not true. Interesting. Yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah, I just think we all feel ups and downs in our bodies. And I think generally being gentler with our bodies was the theme of this episode, which is something that everyone could stand to hear again and again. A couple more postscript things I'm curious about. The podcast has been out for how long at this point?
0: We launched in August.
2: What has the response been and how have you guys felt?
0: Honestly, we've had really an
1: overwhelming response in terms of a lot of listeners and a lot of, yeah, a lot of listeners. I mean, we think we were in a lot of listens. I think people are really sticking with us, which makes us feel great. And we kind of gather up new people with each episode, which is also great. And, I think it's been fun, you know, working behind the chair. A lot of my clients have it like listening and then coming in and wanting to talk about the podcast. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, you feel a little like exposed when somebody hears this like private dialogue conversation you have with a friend and then it's (laughs) out there. But you put it out there. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's been an interesting thing, like getting comfortable. I think I'm really lucky that Kayleen is my partner because I think I'm somebody that can get held up by perfectionism and somebody that can get held up by getting self-conscious. And it's nice because I feel like Kayleen is really like, you know, just put it out there. Do we just gotta do it? But it's great for me because it's really forced me out of I think I get stuck in the like revision process far too long. And it's nice to kind of have to put your stuff out there and it's just it just goes to show like just create, just do something, just put it out there and you just never know what will happen. And I think we're still like figuring that out.
0: Yeah, I think two of the things that have been most interesting to me is when I speak to somebody about the podcast that hasn't heard it and they don't know what the word woo means or what mm-hmm. woo woo is, and I'm like, what? I thought everybody knew what woo woo was. And then also when people are like, oh, I'm more woo than I thought when they mm-hmm. listen because we talk about everyday topics and everyday things and sort of help ourselves and our listeners understand where the woo-woo elements are, which honestly, I think we can make an argument for almost everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the other thing people say, which I'm super proud of, is that they like the quality, that they're surprised when they just meet me and they just know me as like a mom and a regular person, that it sounds so well-produced. And that's like total credit to Jordan and that's her That's really husbands. my husband, Framewave Media. That's <laughs> <laughs> you. But it also is your course and just having we had high expectations for ourselves and high standards. Mm -hmm. And so we went after it and we wanted to make it a, we didn't want to make a show that wasn't quality, but still you don't know how it's going to be received. And so to have that feedback always feels really good.
2: How did the course help you guys?
0: I think specifically for me, I was saying how I
1: enjoyed how like hands-on you were and involved in it you were. And it really felt in a lot of ways more like a workshop where you're actually like working with somebody than, than just like your average e-course where you just like sign up and flip through you know, slides. Flip through slides. Yeah. And it was a lot of content. And I, I think a, lo- a lot of it that resonated with both of us is the people. It's really great quality people that you've gotten to do these recordings. And they're all people that resonate
0: with us and that, you know... You mean the, the guest yeah, interviews. interviews? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The guest interviews were probably my favorite thing because I love listening to podcasts. It was like my own private podcast about podcasting that I got to listen to that was <laughs> for about my secret podcasting project. <laughs> and we did it a few... We signed up for the course a few months before we wanted to launch. And so we had the time and... I think it was the accountability also and the incentive of the competition was really like a good solid deadline for us. It gave us the thing to work towards. So there was a lot of benefits to it, honestly. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure we could have made that's pretty woo without it, but it was a huge advantage for us. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we thought the same thing about like, like the
1: body episode. We were like, how's this going to be taken? Like, you know, (laughs) is it too much about like workout or this or that? And I think just the fact that it all worked out the way it should, we we feel like we kind of manifested it. And (laughs) we were really, you know, it just feels kind of, Right, and so I was happy that yeah, I think the contest was a really great element to your course. Actually,
2: mm-hmm. I love that you said it felt like a workshop and not a course because it's funny. I I just asked I use the word course, but I've been really trying to not use that word because I don't like that word. And no offense to any online courses, just for some reason I have an aversion to it. Where I just I really want this to be like a writer's workshop, but for podcasts. So like that's what it was project that's what it was. and. Was yeah and allowing people to get feedback from other people in the group and from me and to feel supported because like you said you could have easily gotten all the information in this workshop by googling i say this all the time but like i'm a really bad googler and i like having structure and support and i need a lot of direction and then to i can be free within that and so that's what i wanted to create for other people so you guys just articulated that perfectly which i love and thank you for saying all that Did you guys think that you were going to win this contest? Did you have, what was your, what did you? um... I mean, I think we really hoped
1: that, but then I think at one point we kind of got the feedback or like, we were kind of like, what's happening with that contest? And it was like, oh, there were like 20 entries. And I think that from that moment, we kind of like, okay, we kind of lowered our expectations of would we win? But I think I think the thing was, we were really proud of the episode. And our thought was like, you know what? That's a great bonus episode if we don't win. And I think we felt like we did our best, which I'm not very competitive. And so to even <laughs> submit to a contest is like kind of out of my nature. But I do think we
0: were really proud of the work and thought there was a chance. So yeah, we knew we wanted to win yeah. and whether or not we were going to win I mean, I think it was certainly a vulnerable feeling submitting the Bodies episode because it wasn't this like generic, vanilla, safe topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was like, well, either it's going to be really
1: good or it's going to be really bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were like, that could either be received one way or the other. And it's funny yeah. that you like you even said mentioned that. it. Yeah. You know, you were like, oh God, this could be this. And we thought the same thing. <laughs> <Yes>. So, <laughs> yes. but we're really glad it came to this.
2: I'm so happy too. One thing that I love about you two is like the dynamic between co-hosts. How has the creative collaboration between the two of you been?
1: It's actually been really great and really interesting. I know that like when I was manifesting like my words for the year, one of them was like creativity, another one was collaboration. I did a workshop, like an astrology workshop that talked about how Kayleen and I are both rising Geminis. And it was all about how if you're a rising Gemini, this is the year of collaboration and learning to work with other people and boundaries and all these things. And I think you I think we navigate those things pretty well. I mean, that's not to say we don't come up where we like don't agree on something. I think we also recognize that like we don't have to agree on everything and we can still make it work and we can still have like a really healthy, wonderful, functioning dynamic together. And I think if anything, it makes the podcast more interesting to listen
0: to. Yeah. So, yeah, um, because like, if it was like my best, best friend that I've known for 10 years that I was, we would just be saying the same thing. We'd be like, yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah, Uh uh-huh. I mean, it's like, there's no contrast there. Whereas Jordan and I have known each other for about five years, Mm -hmm. but only in the client hairstylist relationship where like, I feel like I'm secretly living every girl's dream, like
2: becoming friends with my hairstylist.
0: (laughs) So I'm like, oh, I'm so cool now. But at the same time, we're still learning a lot about each other because I don't, we don't know like the backstories on everything. And we, there's tons of stories that we haven't heard from each other. Mm-hmm. So that has been like a really nice added benefit is that as we continue to work together, like more layers are revealed.
2: Yes, I think you really picked up on something there of like in a co-host dynamic to have a little bit of distance, I think is really useful. I'm sure it can work if you're really close friends with someone as well. I'm sure that might add another element, but in my case and in your case, I think that element of surprise and unveiling something in real time to the people listening as well as the person actually there is interesting and useful for the content. I think it serves the work. I want to go back to having people see you when they comment on something from the podcast outside of kind of like seeing a teacher outside of school when they... I think of that mean girl scene every single time somebody (laughs) mentions the
1: podcast. I'm like, I'm like Tina Fey with my like TGI Fridays.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really, it's an interesting thing because I relate to that so much where It's very easy for me to share about vulnerable things with people I don't know. Like all day long, I can emote on the internet, but it's sharing with real life friends and family that scares me. So when people that I know in my real life comment on something I've posted on Instagram or comment on something that I've said in the podcast, I'm a little bit like, oh my God, you saw that or you listened to that, which... I shouldn't be because I put it out there. I and if anything I'm I'm happy and grateful that they're engaging in my work, but it it's often surprising and it's often a bit jarring to have people see this intimate different version of you than you're giving them in real time and then having to talk about that. It's it's a complicated thing. Yeah, it's been
1: really interesting and it's funny because sometimes the people I think will be listening, or, you know, they're kind of like not listening as much, and that's fine too, and I'm kind of like, well, that's cool because like you're my friend, so like the barrier to entry is low. you know you'll you'll listen eventually, I, I would think, but then it's like the people who might listen to every episode and will text me or reach out to me or come in, and I'm like, oh my gosh, and it, it, yeah, it's just exactly what you said. like I, I love that you made that reference because that's what I always say about like being caught outside of school. And it is it's a really interesting dynamic I think in creation especially like in this world where especially I guess the nature of a podcast in general where people are listening to a one-on-one conversation.
0: Yeah and I think it also cuts through the small talk when somebody references like a deep conversation yes. that you had it just like it, you dive in and you're like hold on we didn't even talk about the weather and like what you've got going <laughs> on this weekend so like it, I think one of the reasons why you know an everyday encounter is surface is because that's just how it is. Like it would be a little off-putting if I was like, tell me your deep, dark secret about your body right out the gate. (laughs) But like in an hour-long conversation that we're having, you know, we kind of like meander there. But then when someone calls it out, like in a conversation, you're like, hold on a second. I'm still sipping on my latte here. Like give me a minute to catch up. So it's just like
2: a pacing thing too. Mm, Yes, exactly. It's a pacing thing. That's such a good way to articulate that. It is. It's jarring to be called out on something that you said in one setting in another setting can be a bit strange. And I don't know if oh, that's amazing, right? Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Then
0: you get to go deep, like, oh, okay. Like, so that's a, it's a, it's time
2: travel really. Right. I mean. mm-hmm. <laughs> that's such a good point. I've, I've been struggling with that recently a little bit in new relationships where because I've done this podcast and I have conversations with people like you guys who have listened to my podcast and know a bit about me from that, and I'll, I'll meet them. And I have a lot of friends who I've had for a long time. And so I almost forget that, like, I can't go that deep right away. Like, I need to listen and be able to talk about the news and the weather and those things are interesting too. Like not talking about feelings all the time is actually a skill to have, to be a human being in the world and educating yourself to be able to, to speak on those things. It can kind of be a cheap way to connect, even though I think it's the most intimate and the most beautiful. And I love talking about, you know, what I call soft stories, like tender, vulnerable tales. Like I really do think that's crucial and important. But it can be, like I said, a cheap way to connect, too. I think sometimes you do want to just start with, like, where people feel comfortable talking, especially on like a first date or an interview with someone or someone you're just like meeting for the first time. You can't go right there. And that's something where I'm kind of having to reel myself in a little bit just because I'm in this interesting position where like I've done this for so long. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And you know, I mean, for person to person, I know that for me as a hairstylist, I do tend to go deep even with my clients. So I guess it's not that surprising that they would listen to a conversation and then come sit in my chair and want to talk about it. I think by nature, that's kind of how I am as well. And for instance, I'm married to somebody who's not that way. So it's like always an interesting dynamic when we're at a party and he's like, what are you out there telling all these people? (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, I mean, I'm just sharing me. I'm getting deep. And so, you know, I think that, but yeah, I don't, I can't say that I can speak to like how to have those boundaries, but I think that it probably is important. I think the thing about the podcast that feels like, Oh, a little jarring is that, they're listening to you have an intimate conversation with somebody else. They're a fly on the wall. It's sort of like, Katie, I know you love the Before Sunrise, Before Sunset movies. Yes. And I love those too. And even doing this podcast, it feels like that to me. It's like, oh, we're having these like really intimate conversations that then we make other people privy to. And it's sort of like going in and being in that movie all of a sudden. Like That's what it feels like when somebody approaches you to talk about a conversation you, an intimate conversation you had with somebody else, but it's also again I'm putting it out there, and, and you
0: just have like a much higher level of exposure with that. Given yeah, the nature of your job. It, it like is. I'm a, not. Yes. That's I'm term. not having people rotate out of my chair. I'm not a hairstylist, so mm-hmm. you just have like a higher instance of that. Mm-hmm. And probably Katie, you do too. Like my circle is pretty small these days. So I'm not like getting random people telling me that. So I'm in a
1: little... I don't mind. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's just interesting because yeah. I have
0: to recall the conversation and you yeah, know, it's just
1: a weird kind of thing.
0: And that's something I think about a lot with podcasting is it's this intimacy by proxy mm-hmm. that is like a really cool thing that as a listener you get to participate in a deep conversation and learn things while you're driving or doing the dishes. You get to like experience what deep feels like while you're going about your day. But there's also like a trickiness to that. One of the gifts that the podcast has given us is that we are truly going deep with another person. And there's like some serious magic to that that we get to experience. So yeah,
1: but we do leave each recording session with a true vulnerability <laughs> hangover.
0: Like literally, we have to
1: take the whole rest of the day to decompress. We have like our like acupuncture and massages <laughs> scheduled because it's a lot to even with your friend to have like, you know, we typically do three episodes, three back-to-back conversations, yeah. like diving into the deepest parts of your psyche. Like it's a,
0: it's a lot. We so, try to make sense of, yeah, we, some fluffier, some episodes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's so interesting to hear that you record three at once. It, it's cool to hear your process. I love that, and it's so interesting to. I love that you take care of yourself in in that way, and that it's it is draining. It is draining to have these conversations and the amount of presence it requires can make you really tired after. It's also wonderful, but acknowledging that is a good thing to do.
0: (laughs) our
1: body, as we talked about.
0: (laughs) Back around. One of the barriers to starting something new is often that it feels like a permanent decision. I'm going to do X and then I'm going to do it forever. And so there's a little bit of fear that comes with making such a huge commitment. So we kind of came out of the gates expecting. We're going to do this for a season and see how we feel and see what we think. And you know, it's different than starting your own podcast by yourself because if you want out, you just stop. Whereas now like we're in it together and I don't want to let Jordan down, mm-hmm. she doesn't want to let me down, but at the same time, I think there is that that window of option that like if it's not working for either of us, we can stop and there's freedom in that. Like it makes me feel good to show up for the podcast knowing that like if for some reason it stopped being this like joyful and wonderful experience, we don't have to do it forever. So I would say go for it and also like give yourself the parameters so that you feel
2: safe exploring what it is that you want to create. Mm -hmm. So true. Mm -hmm. I really like that. I was speaking at a podcasting festival in Columbus last weekend or a couple weekends ago. And Krista and Lindsay from Almost 30 were the other keynote speaker. And my friend ask their assistant, like, what do you think is behind their success? Like, what's the, what's, what's going on here? And she was like, you know, it's a lot of things, but it's really that when one of them has an idea and one of them's down, the other one always picks it up and vice versa. And they can, and I think I was, I heard that and I was like, Oh man, what a bummer that I'm like alone in most of my work (laughs) because I do have that dynamic with Serena and this, you know, small project that we have together because when I don't feel like recording, I show up because I'm showing up with her. And it's a lot easier to keep promises to other people than it is to, you know, and I'm pretty like you, Jordan, self motivated and self disciplined and competitive only with myself. However, still, there's a level of like, if I said I'm going to be there, at 10 to work on a project by myself at the coffee shop. If I get there at 10, 10, whatever. But if I told Serena I was gonna meet her at a certain time, I'm gonna be there. You know? Mm-hmm. I really encourage people to start something with a friend because I won't lie, it's more it is very challenging to do something on your own. And I it's there's other challenges in collaborating with another person. You can't make every decision on your own. And there might be creative compromises stylistically. However, I think the, the pros outweigh the cons if you do it right, if you get that peanut butter and jelly combination mm. right. Yeah. yeah
0: we're pre- I mean, we're pretty happy with how it turned out. And I used to joke that like, oh, I would love to have a podcast if all I have to do is show up and talk. And that's like sort of the magic of the situation that we have is that somehow magically after knowing each other for years it fell into place that literally I go to Jordan's house and sit down in a chair. I show up and talk like that's the (laughs) setup. I don't know how it happened, but I think that it came to me that I wanted to connect with Jordan about this. I knew that she was Really seeking community, and then the timing was so perfect with when your course launched. I knew about it, and then you opened it, and I was like, "We should do this." And like, I should- also knew about it. It was
1: yeah. kind of come onto my plate too, and I'd I noticed it, and I was like, "Oh." And then Kaylee was like, "Let's do this." So we both did it, and we were like, "Okay, like this is our commitment." And the course was nice too because that's a whole other commitment. But again, the contest helped, and, all, and like that, that's another level of accountability. So yes. um, yeah. it was
0: really. Oh, not, of course, the workshop. The workshop, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> but it really did. It was. It was definitely worth it. And I would say, yeah, to anybody who's thinking about it, you know, follow those creative pings because I think they lead to something, especially when you pay attention to them. And that was something that we sort of encouraged each other. Pursuing those things along the way and having. So, maybe you, if you want to start your own podcast by yourself, like maybe you do it alongside somebody else. That's another thing that like magically happened is that I have a really good friend who also launched a podcast around the same time as us. And so, that's also been really fun. She, it's a totally different vibe, different thing, but we're able to also bounce ideas off of her. And the timing of everything is that we launched like a few weeks apart. Mm-hmm. So, that's been really cool too.
2: Yeah. I hope people in the workshop can to have that collaboration with other people starting something, even if you're both doing something alone, but you know, to have that, you know, when I was in school, you would have like your friend in science class that you could like compare notes with and be like, am I doing this right? And it's always nice to have that friend in class who you can be supportive of each other. And I really liked what you said, Kayleen, about how making a creative decision, something that keeps you in paralysis is the fear of it being forever. And you guys made a promise to each other that you'll stop when it stops being fun. And Serena and I did the same thing. I mean, we started recording this because I came over to her house every Wednesday to like do a workout video and eat breakfast. And then Mm -hmm. we would talk about anxiety and then we ended up starting spiraling. And we said from day one, like we're never going to record unless we're like also doing something fun, like having snack or like going to get a drink or like doing a workout class. And we're going to stop when it stops being fun. And we've had moments where it's like, oh, I don't really want to record right now. And we've pivoted from that because I think when you're doing a project, that's it's not because of money. It's like not a monetary gain for us. We have to make sure that it feels good. And that's how you make something that's worthwhile and useful to the world. So... Anyway, thank you guys for submitting this episode and sharing it with Let It Out. I'm so grateful that people can listen to this and that you have many more where this came from. What are you guys most excited about right now in your life in general and for the future of the podcast?
0: Well, Jordan and I love a fresh start. So we're pretty excited about 2020 and new year, new woo. <laughs> yeah, we love some fresh starts. That's been pretty
1: exciting. I mean, I'm happy for all the episodes that are going to finish out the year. I think, you know, we plan pretty far out so that we can give ourselves time to kind of study the subjects. And I feel really. Excited about those and honestly just like excited about the feedback we've been getting and the you know Like little notes from strangers that they found the podcast and they love it and things like that means a lot
0: Yeah, I think after you like launch something there's like so much energy around that that now we're in a phase of like Doing the work, like showing up. And so I think these next few months up until the new year, and then I, we're just really excited about the new year. I mean, who <laughs> knows what's going to happen, but 2020 seems pretty exciting.
2: Oh, I'm glad you're excited. I'm excited too, man. Thank you so much for sharing this episode. You guys are really cool. Just right now, let out anything else that you guys have been holding in that you want to share. Is there anything that you wish that I would have asked that? you want to tell people about? I mean, I think we both want to
1: express our gratitude because we really do feel quite grateful to you for taking the time even to listen to the episode and to put this out there for us because it's a it's a big deal and just to put the course out there and something that we could dive into and you know have. As far as anything else, like I can't think of anything that I wish you'd ask because I think you you do a great job interviewing.
0: Yes, you are a pro at that. And I think the one thing that I would say in regards to bodies, but also Podcasting and anything else is just when you slow down and get quiet and think about like wherever you are in life, myself, Jordan, you, Katie, like all the listeners, like you're probably doing a lot better job than you're giving yourself credit for. And if we all just like took a moment to realize, like, hey, you're doing a really good job, and of course, there's like things you want and things you could have done differently, and all the thoughts, like, but in your heart, like if you can get to just a tiny little corner space where you have that. Peace of mind to know, like, hey, I'm doing a good job and doing my best. Like, that's just the thing. That's a gift that you can give your body and that you can give somebody else. So that would be the thing I'd want to let out.
2: Hmm. You guys are so great. I wish we could hang out every day. Or I wish you could <laughs> <had the> moms. <laughs> Will you guys do the deep breath with me? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Inhale. Exhale. Let it out. <sighs> that feels better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) definitely guys. Thank Thank you. you.
0: Let's talk about bodies. Okay. We're going to talk about bodies today. (sighs) Where do you want to start with your body, Jordan? Where are you in your body right now? Where to start? Um, it's, it is a journey. It is a never ending journey because your body is
1: always changing and Mm -hmm. I don't know. Let's start with like that bodies are magic. They're freaking magic. Like anybody who denies magic or anything woo, but then talks about like having a body, bodies are insane. They do insane things for us. Like the little micro systems that exist that keep our bodies
0: going are absolutely wild. And yeah, bodies are magic. Yeah, but it's easy to forget the magic of our bodies because we're like sometimes operating all within our heads. Or, you know, so it's like, it's a very easy thing to be disconnected from. Or I mean, that's why like in when you walk into a yoga class, the first thing they do is like bring you into your body because you've been out of your body all day. And now it's like come back into the body, focus on where, where your body's touching the surfaces. Like where are your feet? Like feel the air around your body. Like breathe and the breath in your body like just the simple thing of like we all breathe without any effort and then when we do make an effort to breathe it like immediately brings you back into your body so like where do we go when we're not in our body yeah
1: that's a good question I mean I'm out of my body so much even in yoga half the time I'm like in your head in my head Mm -hmm. yeah what are what are things you do rituals that you have that get you back into your body
0: I think breathing is definitely one of them um so I have a a career in the long, long history of my life um, where I was in sales. And we had, there was one guy that was like a manager and he, it was like a really young company. It was sort of the, it was like the fast paced, cold call, high intensity commission structured sales job, which is like pretty different from how I am now. Right. Like Mm -hmm, it was like mm -hmm. super alpha and competitive. And this guy was a he was like older, like grandfatherly. And he always gave us like really good advice. He was like very inspirational, but also like super hardcore. And he gave this advice that before any meeting, before any call, before like you would step into a room just to take a beat, just to take one beat where you breathe Mm -hmm. and you think about where you are and where where you're headed. So before you step into a conference room for a meeting or before you pick up a phone to make a call, Um, and I think about that now before I step into my kids' rooms, when I pick them up in the morning or when they wake up from their naps, I like, before I act like before I enter that, I don't do it every single time. Mm. But when I think of it, I take a breathe. I take a beat, I just breathe. And I think about like, I love them. And this is like an experience that we're, you know, we're in this life together. And so that brings me out of wherever I was and into my body and into like where I'm heading next. Yeah, I get that. I could see that.
1: I mean, breathing to me, I think is definitely important. I think it's funny that like, I I feel like often I have to set aside time to like be in my body. Like Mm -hmm. when you, when I think of like doing, I think that's why I'm so attracted to like my typical form of fitness is to take a class. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because like, once I'm there, I've paid, I'm committed. There's other people I'm accountable. And it's like, oh, you have to be in your body for this amount of time. But like, it is strange that I'm in my body also the rest of my life and don't, I feel so much more in my head. I'm, I'm just now realizing that like, as we're having this conversation, I'm like, gosh, yeah. Huh. That mind body connection. Well, it's just like easy to forget that you have yeah. an elbow. Yeah, like
0: yeah. And your elbow like just operates on its own. Like you're not like telling your elbow what to do all the time. It's just being your elbow. Oh my god, now think about my elbow. <laughs> uh, what what are your forms of fitness? Like or Oh, yeah. So I mean just a little bit, I guess, about my background and like where I come from fitness. Like I've always been a very physical person. I swam competitively my whole life and I was really good at it when I was little. I was like ranked in the nation at 10 and oh stuff. So it was like yeah, it was like a that was a like, big huge part. My physical experience was a huge part of my life growing up. And I think a lot of people when they're younger and kids, like, I think you're more connected. Like, just look at your babies. Of course. They're super connected to their bodies because their, like, brains are, like, developing. Um, I swam in college. And when I quit swimming, I, like, went through a long phase where I, like, didn't do anything because I was like, what am I? Who am I? I don't swim anymore. What do I do? And that's um, when I came back to yoga the first time. So I actually started yoga when I was 15. Um, as like a Sunday thing that I did on the days that I didn't have swim practice to stretch, um, which is funny, like yoga is not about stretching, but that was how I started. And so then when I left swimming, and I got into yoga, that was kind of my next thing that I was really into. And the thing I like about yoga is I feel like I haven't practiced yoga actually for a year now. Mm-hmm. Um but I know I can always go back yeah. to it. And I I actually did like a 200-hour yoga teacher training that I completed. So I have like roots in yoga. And now I feel like I could do a home practice if I wanted. But I'm not like don't love rolling out my mat by myself. I also much prefer to be guided and someone tell me what to do. Um So these days, in the last few years, I've gotten really into Pilates. Mm-hmm. Um I went to – I was seeing someone – to help me rehab a diastasis, which is when your abdominal muscles separate through pregnancy, which is a very normal thing for our bodies to do, but mine not everybody's go back the way that they're um that's the most supportive way for your body to heal, and so I went to pilates for a long time and I really liked that. So I'm actually in a phase of like no formal. I'm not doing anything right mm-hmm. now workout-wise. Um And that's been interesting because like, I've, I've kind of come to this place where I want to do the easiest thing possible. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not, I think my life with toddlers and stuff is like intense enough physically. It's super demand. Like little kids are really physically demanding. I think we sometimes forget that it takes a toll on your body. Right. Healing. And then also just dealing with them and their little bodies all the time. So I'm actually with me and my body and exercise right now, I'm kind of like one, not doing, I would. I tend to say not doing enough, which like we're probably all doing more than we need to do. <laughs> right. um, but like walks in the neighborhood and then um, I do some like physical therapy for my pelvic floor and for my abs. And that's pretty much it. Um. You kind of got me into p which which mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, do you want to tell everybody about PVOL. I feel like you're P-Vol, the way God. you pitched it to me. I was I'm like, well, now what? I'm
1: trying to remember. Cause I'm always on something. Okay, well, I'm always can, on something new, but I could I could pitch PVOL for okay. you. Let's see. So <laughs> it's, it's actually really interesting because it's a system that basically we're so quad dominant in our day-to-day lives and existence. And a lot of workouts are quad dominant focused, And so, um, we end up building kind of the wrong muscles instead of Mm. stuff like we need stuff to counterbalance basically our day-to-day movement so that we're actually more universally stronger and get more of the shape that's desired. But it also focuses on not stressing out your adrenals as women. It's very uh, women focused, even though it's done by this like, you know, kitty patootie guy in like yeah. New York. So and there's
0: like a focus on like building your beach body, which I don't really resonate no, with. No. It's definitely
1: like, I mean, every he works with like all these Victoria's Secret models. Right. And, you know, there's definitely an element of that. But I will say like the work is interesting because you you feel it in kind of weird places. It's weird movements that are unlike anything you've ever done before. Like your feet yeah. will be turned inward and your knees are kind of bent and your um, butt sticking out. Your butt sticking out. Um yeah, almost like you're it, it's it's completely different than anything you've ever done, but there's a lot of inner thigh focus, which I've noticed is a trend in um, a lot of Pilates, a lot of the stuff with your pelvic floor and diastasis. Like somebody once told me that, and I think this is in like a bar class, that the link to your lower abdomen is actually your inner thighs. And Mm. I totally see that because when you do that inner thigh work, it tightens up that bottom core. Mm. And so I think it's just, it's just one of many practices that you can do that, um, you know, teaches you that. And, and what, from what I understand, I've listened to a lot of like podcast things with him. Basically he went to an institute that works to train people in these, like on using these muscular, like on working on these muscular planes that are different than, you know, sort of your traditional form. And then he sort of like repackaged and repurposed it to be what is now, you know, p But I think it's a great program. They have an online program and it requires like a little equipment.
0: But, um, like but like not a lot. Like not a lot. Special balls oh, some no. hand weights. Yeah. Yeah. And like you can do you can do a workout without any of his equipment. Right. But you can kind of sort of get sucked in, which is what I did. I was like, this is awesome. And it, you can just do it for like twenty minutes and it's honestly not that hard. No. And that like goes back into like, I mean, you do feel like you worked and you and the thing with me and working out and exercise is like I just need to get started and then once I do it, like I'm good, you but do. it's the mental hurdle of like, Ugh, I got to get in my workout clothes. I got to do the thing and do that. So I've been just trying to like put a lot less pressure on myself and just yes. be like, um, when it feels good to move, I'm going to move and, and just sort of like release some of that. I've actually, we can get into this whenever we want, but. I'm outsourcing my body to the universe for the next hundred like days. That.
1: I'm definitely trying to get more into my less in my masculine driven voice, If you can believe it or not. Um, cause usually I'm very like, okay, I'm very regimented. Like I need to be doing this, this, and this, I need to have elements of strength and cardio and this and this. And, um, you're somebody I, who works out. I am. I yeah. really am. Yeah. But honestly it hasn't, it's not like to some great avail. Like my friend, Molly, my best friend, she's always saying like, I hate when people talk about like working out all the time it's like, don't talk to me about that unless you look like a supermodel. And I'm, I certainly don't. So it's like, I try to be wary of that. Like, yeah, who am I to like be, pre? you know, because by no mean would I say I'm in like peak physical shape, but it's interesting because like I do all these things, but part of, um, I mentioned, I know in the food podcast and you know, I'm sort of doing cycle thinking, and an element of that actually has to do with like working out and you work out differently depending what phase of your uh, cycle you're in and so, for like the follicular phase, that's when like you're cardio centered, and when you're sort of in your um like ovulatory phase, you're gonna do more of your um you know hit workouts you could you could stand to do more like your most intense workouts can be then that, that's your hot yoga mm-hmm. then in your um luteal phase, you would do your like strength training. And then in your menstrual phase is like yin yoga and naps are considered exercise. Mm. And I have just not been honoring that. And, Mm -hmm. um, I know, I know I mentioned in like a very early podcast that I love a hundred day challenge and, you know, that can pertain to anything. It can be like getting organized or, you know, doing yoga. But then I got too close to day 80 in my hot yoga challenge, or I got past day 80. I was Toward very towards the end of my challenge, so lots of time spent in the in the yoga class, and and not only was not only did I read this disturbing article from about like how Lululemon was coming out with a skincare line because to combat hot yoga face, which I totally is a thing, because I was realizing I was having like the effects of sun damage, needing like an IPL treatment, and I was like, oh my god, it's not from the sun. Like I'm psycho about sunscreen. I use vitamin C. It's from the freaking hot yoga. It's from Mm. being in a hot room. Like it's aging me. So number one. I love yoga and I do love the occasional hot yoga, but like a daily hot yoga practice is insane. It's not for you. It's not for me. And also I went on vacation and, you know, I had every intention of taking the time every day to go do the yoga. And then I was like, this might be my only time to myself today. Is this really what I want to do? No, I want to spend it on the beach, like drinking a pina colada and enjoying life. Like life is too short. I rarely get a vacation. And then I started thinking like, why am I pushing myself so hard all the time? Like this isn't. It's not healthy and it's not really serving me. It's not serving me. And so I'm sort of in this phase now. And that's kind of what got me around the cycle thinking anyway of really wanting to lean into my feminine because it's not something I've done before Mm -hmm. and honoring my body in a way that, you know, like I've tried intermittent fasting and done all these different things that are sort of like biohacking esque, you know, Mm -hmm. that. Aren't necessarily maybe good for my adrenals and mm-hmm. as a woman mm-hmm. and sort of um, you know I read the Woman Code book which I think is a phenomenal book. I and haven't read that. every woman really should pick it up. It's 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 it's, it's honestly like a must read. Is on what I would recommend on okay. the list. So I love that, but yeah, just trying to take a more feminine approach, especially because as you just talked about, like I I had a diastasis recti before I even had the baby, and we actually went to the same sort of a uh, physical therapist. Yeah, I used her throughout my pregnancy. Um, and then sort of never like went back after, after having a baby, I used a method called MuTu, which is a system of like breathing inner thigh and, um, inner thigh work. It's a great method. You can actually. just do it online. You right? can do it online. Yeah. I, I do a lot of online. I've tried pretty much you name an online program and I've definitely dabbled in it cause I, I like working out from home. I don't mind that at all, but, um, I also love class pass mm-hmm. and I keep that too. You know, I do it at different uh, rates per month, you can do down to like a $10 and get like one class, or you can do, you know, like a $90 and do a bunch of like nine classes or 10. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I typically do like the $10 and I'll do like one or two classes every month.
0: Oh, that's good. Just to switch it up. Just to get out. Well, I mean, I don't exercise anywhere like once a week now is like a, is a good goal for me. It used to be that I could go, you know, once a day to go to workout class and when I was swimming in high school, we had two days, you know, and in college. So it's like, it's, I've had a very, I feel like I've like, I crashed into my feminine through pregnancy and birth and then postpartum. And I sort of like, I also had back surgery in 2014. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't don't think I I knew that. that. Yeah. I I herniated a disc while I was, oh God, I herniated a disc in my back while I was training for a half marathon. And while I was enrolled in yoga teacher training, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've back surgery in yeah. the middle of all that. But
1: doesn't that show you like a little <laughs> bit of not honoring your body? And I guess yeah. that's sort of the, that's sort of where it resonates with me right now is like, I haven't been honoring my body. I've mm-hmm. been pushing and trying, you know, we haven't even touched on body image and we're getting there. It, we're getting there. This is kind of like delving into it. And it's sort of like, I don't necessarily work out to have some kind of like a perfect body or to, you know, so that I feel a plus about myself. I work out because it's a great stress reliever. And I think like, you know, maintaining a healthy heart and things like that can be important and moving. Like just, yeah. I, if I feel better when I move. It definitely carries a lot of anxiety the, for me. Endorphins, It's release. real. It really is yeah. real. And, um, and so that's more why I work out, but I would be like lying if I said there's a, never a, you know, physical element. Yeah.
0: So, so you, where are you now? You've done like a little bit of everything. I feel you're the, a worker. Outer. The weirdest thing
1: is like my body has never been more different since having a baby. Mm-hmm. I've also never been more
0: comfortable in my body, but I've also, you're also like time itself. Like, I feel like it's a tricky thing. Cause like, do you, you don't actually know what is different because you had a baby and what is different because like I'm in my thirties, you know what I mean? Oh, so like, there's a
1: lot of, there's a lot of overlap there yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I will say majority of what I'm, what I've, feel is like has to do with postpartum, mm-hmm. having a baby, your boobs going from a size eye cup to a, I don't know, I'm like a C now, <laughs> you know, like things like that, like yeah. they, things change and yeah. gravity and time. And, yeah. you know, those things are all less considerate than they probably would have been if I had a baby when I was like 18. You right. Know? Um, but yeah, I'm sure it's definitely a bit of an overlap. But also the weird part is that I strangely feel much more comfortable with myself. But mm-hmm. I found the strange part about having the baby is I've always been a relatively small person. Fairly in shape, you know, like my weight only ever fluctuates like a certain amount of pounds and, you know, like generally kind of fit in my clothes. Mm-hmm. Never, you know, I've never really experienced like what someone would experience as a bigger person, you know, mm-hmm. and there's definitely like a bias there. And it's, it's become more evident to me just in the way of speaking with people since I had a baby and my body had changed and maybe I couldn't even recognize it, but other people did. And people would offer like unsolicited advice about my body Or Hmm. it made me feel a certain way where I was like, oh, I don't feel bad about myself. Maybe I should like, and it was really, um, it was really interesting. Mm -hmm. It made, it made me more aware of my body. It's like, I, it didn't necessarily like force me into like, oh, I'm going to go work out and like, I've got to achieve peak physical fitness or get back in my prime. But it definitely was like, I could, I could sense that other people felt like that I'd let myself go or something. It was very bizarre. And it was just an experience I've never had. And I can't even fathom what it's like to be on the the end of a spectrum. That's Mm -hmm. like where weight is a real struggle, you know, Mm -hmm. but it is interesting because I think in general, as women, there's like so much pressure. Like I was at the beach with my family, you know, last few weeks. And we'd be like, you know, we were like definitely doing some major people watching and, Mm -hmm. you know, looking around and like, you know, you're interested in like these different people and kind of like, it was like, what is the ideal body? Like, that's really changed a lot too, you know, with just uh, uh, culture and Mm -hmm. stuff. But Mm -hmm. it was like fascinating to hear everybody's kind of point of view. Like some people, like I think traditionally, like in our culture in America, like the prepubescent body has been kind of like what we strive for, which is really bizarre. Mm -hmm. And then now there's like this trend that's like, you know, tiny waist, with big boobs and big butts. And like, that's also a thing. And I, I don't know, it's just fascinating. I was like, Oh, like, I've never thought much about this. Like, yeah. I try not to think much about this, if I'm yeah. honest, but um,
0: yeah, and, and sort of some of what we find appealing is 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 fed to us. And then we we think that those things are appealing to us. But it's a lot of what we've been conditioned. the majority of it,
1: even yeah. even
0: if you're looking at some
1: outskirt Fringe idea yeah. like even if you're looking yeah. at like a, the body positivity movement and you're being you're being told like this this is this ideal this is now an ideal body like yeah.
0: I think there's a level of that too that's also being fed to us oh well, like, yeah of course but I think a lot of like that that is um there's a lot of effort to show people a wider range of bodies as so they that should we- yeah. as they should i'm yeah. I'm
1: happy for the body, yeah. body positivity movement I by all means like think that's the way it should be and yeah. I hope that that becomes the cultural norm right I do. Um, but I think there's even people, but there's still
0: marketing in it. And still, uh, there's still, yeah.
1: I mean, Nathan yeah. said something to me yesterday or day before, and he was like, everything is marketing. And I was like, what? And then now I can't get it out of my head. I'm like, oh my God, is everyone selling me something or trying to eventually?
0: And I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, we were talking, it was making me think about, um, some of the experiences and thoughts that I've had around bodies since having children, which that's sort of the lens I feel like I'm in a really strong body phase right now because, like, I deal with little people's naked bodies constantly. Yeah. So there's just a lot of body happening. Yeah, And it's um, it's, it's, it's interesting because, like, when I had my first child, I would, like, look at his chunky little rolls and I would think about how gorgeous his, like, fat little body was. And then I would have his fat little body laying on my very mushy breasts and stomach at the moment and think about, like, how gross I felt. And then I was like, wait a second. Like why, why would nature make it so that he's mushy and I'm mushy at the same time? If it weren't good for us to be mushy together, yeah. like we're made to mush right now. Like that's, I'm comfortable. Like my body is more comfortable for him to lay on right now. Like this is just how my body is made. Like I didn't do anything to make it this way. Like right. it's just the way it is. And like, I adore his little body. And now my daughter, same thing. Like I love their little bodies. And like, you know, how, like, children's bodies develop like at different phases. And so sometimes they'll look like real funky. Like they've got a bit in like their huge belly (laughs) and like after dinner, like you can see if they ate a ton, like you can see their little pooches and stuff and it's cute. It's adorable. We love it. And I don't understand why that I feel that love towards their bodies. Why I wouldn't feel that way towards everybody else's body. Yeah. I don't know. Cause I do like, and I've, so I've been like at airports and now in public places Doing my best to practice this like complete love that I have for them towards like all the bodies because they're we're all just these little tiny babies that grew up yeah um and so it's easier for me to practice that on other people's bodies but then like looking back at myself in the mirror I do like I would say I'm pretty decently kind to myself but there's definitely places that I poke and prod at that I'm like oh just a little bit more da 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 yeah and that's like. I don't know why, I, I don't know. I feel like it's something I don't know either.
1: I mean, it has to be bred into us by our culture, but I don't know. Like I, I, you know, this is kind of irrelevant, but kind of, I mean, it's about bodies, but like there's this whole breastfeeding thing where it was like, there was this element, you know, it was a, probably the most difficult thing I've ever done, which is, it sounds crazy, but it really was like, I had a really tough time. I didn't know anything about it before I had the baby. And I just thought like, Oh, I'll pick up a book. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I didn't do a class, like not the class really could have helped. Like, I don't, I don't know, but I think I would have liked to have known like, this is how much you'll be doing this. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I had a lot of difficulties and we just had difficulties in general with it. And, you know, when it came time to wean, you know, I ended up weaning it around like six months cause I was back to work and I just, I simply couldn't set aside enough time to pump enough yeah. for me to give him the, the breast yield. milk. Yeah. And so it didn't make sense at that point. Cause it was, I was already having to bottle feed to supplement. And so, um, I, you know, but a part of it was like, okay, you have this societal, like, there's a lot of people out there being like, okay, you've got to breastfeed, breast is best, you know, blah, 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 fed is best, you know, is the other kind of like, which I, yeah. I agree with. Yeah. Um, but I, it was interesting because like when it finally came time to we, I had like such a sorrow and I felt so sad and mm-hmm. it wasn't that I loved my breastfeeding journey so much or like really felt like this connected tenderness that everybody talks about. Like I, I did it a little bit, but not a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, And it was interesting because I started realizing like some things are physiological, like there's a physiological element there that is, is like your hormones are actually, and it's true because as you wean your hormones like shift again, you Mm -hmm. have a huge shift in your hormones. So like that sadness, it isn't because other people are mad at you because you're stopping breastfeeding. It isn't because your baby's not going to thrive. It isn't because it's because you're hardwired to feel a certain way. And I think that's not just true of that one thing I Mm -hmm. think that's also true of like what you were just saying about you know having these feelings about your body and like in the different phases of life Mm -hmm. like I think there's some elements of like aging and getting on that like of course there's a little bit of sorrow because it's like you've spent all this time and you were children once and like you'll never be a teenager again I mean you know of course like you know being a teenager going through puberty living in that time of your life is such a like God, I don't wish it upon Mm. anyone, but also it's kind of amazing because your emotions are so heightened. Everything like a song when Mm -hmm. you're like, when you're a teenager is like, Oh, you'll never, you can't get that back. You know, you have hints of it as you get older, but they're fewer Mm -hmm. and far between. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's like part of the cultural craving for this prepubescent body is Mm -hmm. not just the body. It's the, that time in your life, that feeling like coming into your own, getting through that awkward stage of puberty. Mm -hmm. You know, I think of, um, Gabby Bernstein had a baby this last year and the day she had the baby or maybe a few days after she posted this picture that was above her in the delivery room. It's like a painting. I'm sure it's still on her Instagram. And it was of like, it was a vagina slash a flower opening and like, like being burst open, Uh like almost like before a flower dies. Mm -hmm. And I think so much about that all the time, Hmm. because that's truly how, you know, when you're, you're like, when you're coming of age and you're in your early twenties as a woman and you're getting through puberty, you're like this closed blossom of a thing. Like this, you feel like a flower about to open. Mm -hmm. You feel on the prime of something. Mm -hmm. And then there's maybe a moment where you even, if you're really in your own element and in your own space and in your own head and can really like have that mind-body connection, you feel like the flower, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And then there is something about having a baby that it's sort of like, The flower is done. I I mean, I hate to say that, but I do, (laughs) I do think that there's like an element and then you do it again, you know, potentially, or you don't, you know, or you never do it and you get to be the flower forever. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not really sure. But, um, but it's just something I think about so much now because that's so how I feel in my body is like the flower burst open. Like that's, that's, yes, that is my experience of myself in motherhood and my body is, and that's why I feel, I think, kinder towards my body because I'm like, well, it served this one purpose. Not that that's all I believe I'm here to do. Right. Trust me, I don't. But I think from a physiological, traditional mm-hmm. woman, gender specific, you know, maybe so. I don't know. That, that got out. That was really a tangent, but that's, sorry. That's where no, I'm at. No, <laughs> I
0: love it. I love it. No, that's really interesting to think about. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I spent some time recently with um, my grandmother And she, her mother died when she was like 50. So my grandmother was saying that she hasn't really learned about aging from her mom because her mom died young. And she was saying there's just so much about like the older body that she's still learning. That's very embarrassing. And she was like, I was talking to, um, a cute young man, pharmacist about, my bladder and like very, she was like, can you imagine how embarrassing that would be? She's like, I know it's his job. And he just, um, it's just another question to him and bodies are bodies and blah, blah, blah. But you know, just, it's fascinating how at each of these stages, like going through puberty, giving birth, all of these big things that happen in our bodies that happen in a lot of bodies, most, you know, many, many, many bodies, we still don't know about them until they happen to us. And then we still don't know, like, I don't know what my, my heart is actually doing. Like I'm not a doctor or scientist. You know, you think about like all of this stuff that is happening, um, in our bodies and, and we just, I, I guess you can't like think about it constantly because then you wouldn't have room to think about anything else. But yeah, I like your flower thoughts, but it also kind of makes me sad to think about. Yeah, I, I mean, I <laughs> I think that
1: but that's I think that's not something I thought about. I think there is a lot of like I think you have to respect where you are in your process mm-hmm. and in your life, and mm-hmm. I think that the sadness comes from the yearning to be somewhere you're not. Mm-hmm. And I think owning that that's where I am and that that's okay and that I'm happy with where I am mm-hmm. is is and recognizing it and accepting it and letting go. Sort yeah. of what we what we talk about, yeah. because I think the I think what happens so often is you see, you know, I remember when I was like twenty five and in my bar classes, and I would see these women who were like almost forty, maybe, but had kids a lot later. You know, mm-hmm. they'd bring their twins in and they drop them off, and then they had like six packs, and they were just like, yeah. oh, you know, like like really like grunting and getting yeah. through these classes. But I was like, man, they're in better shape than I've ever been. Yeah, but there was there was something I knew that I had that was different Uh and it was a freedom. (laughs) Yeah. It was a freedom to leave that class and go eat a freaking burger and not take myself too seriously. Yeah. And I think in some ways, you know, and not to say I know what that woman's thinking, but like maybe, maybe she's wanting to be more like a 25 year old.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I haven't thought about it like that, but that's a good point. I mean, I think the thing that I am like trying to guide myself towards is appreciation for like all of it and anything that I can do with this body and everything that this body does do for me, just appreciating it. And then sometimes my little brain will chime in and be like, Oh, that's wrong. And that's wrong. And your pants are tight and blah, blah, blah. You ate Cheetos and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just like that crap that kind of comes in. And then I just try to get back to like, but I am obsessed with my child's bodies. And even my grandma who like, you know, she's like, she's old. And so, her body looks different than it used to, but I'm obsessed with her cute little body. Like I adore every little inch of her. And so why, why can't we feel that way about ourselves? And then if you do start to feel that way about yourself, which I have had moments of that, then to verbalize it and to tell somebody that like, you feel good about yourself, especially when you don't have like that picture-perfect magazine body, right. there's a big disconnect there. Yes. Like even when I would not feel comfortable telling you, like you know, I it, feel pretty good about my body right now. I, Why can't we say
1: that? I don't know. You know, somebody, somebody put me on a podcast episode or let me listen to one and maybe it was a Jen Hatmaker episode and I can't remember who the guest was, but um, it was about the specific subject of how women refer to themselves mm. and how like – it's like a way of communing with each other and making each other feel better is that we bring each other down. Like somebody comes in and not bring each other down. Somebody comes in, say in my chair, sits in my chair and they're like, mm-hmm. ugh, my hair is just like, atrocious. Like, I'm just, like, I just am such a mess right now. Like, oh, It's like, oh no, I'm such a mess. We mm-hmm. immediately go into this like, let me tear myself down to make you feel better kind mm-hmm. of mode. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, what if we didn't do that? They brought it mm-hmm. and It like blew my mind because I was like, whoa, what if we didn't do like, how do we do that? Yeah. How would you approach that? Would you come off as condescending? Would you come off as, um, you know, conceited?
0: Right. Like, how would it work? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've been practicing like I've been trying lately to like when I like really feel cute, like I feel like I'll tell people, but I'm still like always talking about like my hair or my clothes. It's not like my body that I'm right. like, "Oh, my body is so cute and hot today." Like I just don't I don't know. I would like to feel that way. I you know, about myself and and feel like I could say those things. Um and I would also like to be able to Sometimes when you hear other people say that though, like maybe it doesn't always make you feel like good. So it's an interesting thing. I feel like yeah. we're we're veering away from like body image and more just like the, the culture that we're in, but I think it's all part of it. Um, Oh, it is. I I mean, how much of our body image comes from the culture or like feeling, Mm
1: -hmm. you know, what you were, I think we're both kind of actually saying the same things in a lot of ways. It's just my perspective of it is a little bit more like dead flower on the floor. It it dead flower on the floor. Yeah. (laughs) Which is strange because I'm like an eternal optimist. So it's like a little bizarre that I'm such a realist in that way. But Mm -hmm. I think I, um, I do have a lot of feelings about like aging and trying to combat that negativity that I think we have about it. And, you know, being in this phase of my life, you know, it has brought up certain feelings and
0: yeah. Yeah. And I think it's easy to sometimes forget the upsides of like the next few phases. Cause we don't necessarily know them. Right. And also like, and they're not always talked about also like we're, we're in a, a youth focused culture. And so like, some of the best parts about what's ahead like maybe we don't even know what they are because people aren't comfortable talking about them or they're just not part of like what what people say so who knows that's true i don't know we got
1: a long way to live my sister yesterday told me that we're gonna live to be 130 i don't know where she got this information but i was like "Um." that's a long time i was like okay so like should i go back to school because like i've got 100 more years
0: almost Well, you can slow your roll a little bit. Maybe (laughs) That's, I mean, that's sort of like, you know, thinking about like effort versus ease and um, just like the striving versus allowing, you know, and thinking about, okay, well, if if we are going to live for a hundred more years, like how can you set yourself up physically in a way that you feel good about, but also mentally in a way that you feel good about. And I think the thing with body that I'm coming to realize just through this conversation is bodies are one thing but what our brains do to us in relation to our bodies is like the real work maybe for me um because you know i think we're both fortunate enough that we have like a, a generally pretty healthy body so okay so you have that like so then it's like a tinkering with and a tweaking and a critiquing of this like thing that's like probably decent and then we like pile on all these projects 100 day yoga project and like all these other things it's like we're tinkering with something that was like probably fine just leave it alone i think that's kind of why
1: i'm done with that because it's sort of like i don't want to treat my body like a project right i don't want my body is not is like a blessing Mm -hmm. and it's sort of like that it's sort of like you know the the number one thing i think that combats anxiety is like gratitude Mm is like we'll get you we'll throw you immediately out of anxiety and it's like kind of the same thing for your body like maybe you wouldn't think so much about your body if you felt freaking grateful for it because you know and then to like hear myself like if I were probably to listen back and like maybe try to listen back from like a different perspective of somebody who's dealt with like body bias you know their entire life or things Mm -hmm. like that like sickness or or sickness or illness oh my god like yeah like what I sound like an a-hole because (laughs) 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 because really you know It's it's hard because we each only have our perspective and I'm also allowed to mine, just like everybody's allowed to theirs. Like there's, you know, I I believe in that. Like you're allowed to feel a certain way, you know,
0: well, because um, the only experience any single person has is their experience, yes. and so we can, it does us like literally no good. And it doesn't do you any good to beat yourself up for the experiences that you've had and the thoughts that you've had to this no, point. No. Like that doesn't that doesn't benefit anybody else. All we can do is like try to do better.
1: No, and at the end of the day, I'm sharing them, but I and I yeah. do, you know, I I think I like your perspective of like thinking about other people's bodies. Like I think a lot of times, even I'm, you know, I'm a hairstylist, I touch
0: people for a living, but I still am like, mm-hmm. ooh, bodies are gross. Um, yeah, I just heard somebody else saying something about that we were talking about I don't know what the story was or where I was what was happening where I don't know but it was like there was a thought of like somebody saying like oh that is and I was like what why do we think that why is that something that anybody would ever say the bodies are gross yeah. I mean we are all animals and animals like can sometimes be who's lived with an animal they're dirty I but swear like,
1: I didn't know I was an animal until I gave birth and it, because of like that whole process, it is all freaking the nine months, the baby showers, like all that have, crap. Girl, it is an illusion. All the doctor visits, you get in that room, you're pushing a child out of your body. No, you're a freaking animal. And everybody in there knows it. They don't know what's going on either. They're like, what is happening? It is nature at its finest. And you, it is a, it is a moment where you were like, holy crap. Yeah. Like we all just come out of other people. It's crazy.
0: (laughs) That's true. I think it's crazy at the mall and at airports and at target. I'm like thinking like you were all this small and everybody, somebody wiped your butt. Like it's just, wow. and then we're all going to get old and somebody's going to wipe our butt. It's a circle of life. Yeah. And it's all very, that's all very physical. And so it's, I don't know. I don't know. We just got to, if we can, if we're at a point in our journey where we can love the body that we have, I think that there is some magic to that. And I think that some of the discomfort can fall away. But, you know, if you've ever had like chronic pain or something like that, that'll like, that'll do some really weird stuff be- between your brain and your body. Yeah. Because then you're like,
1: or like I've dealt with um chronic bronchitis at different mm-hmm. times in my life. And it's like put me under for like month like at a time and when you're when I'm dealing with something like that it's like it's so hard to stay in a positive headspace it's so hard to not feel angry at your body Mm -hmm. I can't even fathom what somebody is going through with like a chronic illness like a true chronic illness and you know I don't know. It just, you know, then when you feel healthy again, it's like immediately you feel such a happiness for your body and a gratitude that you haven't felt that like you should be feeling all the time. But
0: then you, and then you forget. forget, And then you forget. And then you go try it on swimsuits and you're like, what is this body?
1: (laughs) I know. Oh God. Uh. I know.
0: But you know, coming from a place of like,
1: let's come from a place now of like a little bit, uh, let's shift the conversation. Is there anything that you do that's a practice of like self care or, like a, something you do to make your body feel better or like that you have that like yeah. really you enjoy being in your body? Like what's an experience you're like, oh my God.
0: I mean, I really like massage. Yeah, That's something I've liked for a really long time. And that like when it works in my life that I can afford to, and I have the time to, I try to make it a priority. Um, And, and I have been to talk about like effort and ease. I used to be the kind of um, client where I would tell the massage therapist that like, I want it to be, I want this to be a therapeutic massage. I want to feel it. I want it to hurt. I want it to feel like you did something, you moved stuff around. Like I was like kind of tough about it. And I prided myself on being tough in a massage. And the most recent person that I started, I recently changed massage therapist. And the first massage, she was like, she said something like, well, it doesn't have to hurt for it to be worthwhile. And I was like, huh, what do you mean? And so now I've totally shifted gear. I've been seeing her now pretty frequently, like maybe once every six weeks or something, Mm -hmm. once every eight weeks. Um, and I do a hot stone massage, which I used to Mm -hmm. only think was like, Only for vacation spa treatment. Like it was like totally that's not that's not my real massage. Like it has to be, you know, tough. And so we do hot stones and she doesn't use a ton of pressure and I still feel really nice. It actually it feels really nice. That's the difference. It's not like this like excruciating thing that I put myself through. I had
1: somebody tell me that like it really shouldn't hurt, like to to the degree that a lot of times it can. They're like Mm -hmm. if you're sore in the days after the massage, like something's been wrong, but I've also had this weird thing. I get massages. I do trade with somebody and I do massage pretty regularly. And we laugh because like when I get, um, a certain massages or no, if I get a massage, I'm, I get sick the following week. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it like, and then I also have these things at home where I can do releases. Like they're little roller balls where I could do like myofascial release on my own. Mm-hmm. And if I do it in my shoulders, like two times I have been diagnosed with the flu the week after I've done it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, I've asked her about it. Cause I'm like, does it like, is it because I'm storing something in my body? Like it is, it is wild. And I don't yeah. know if it's also like psychosomatic. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know, but it is yeah. crazy. And so I would just stop doing massages. Well, I, I still do them. Cause I do. I'm like, get, get it out. Like, you know, oh, it yeah. makes you feel like, Oh, what's wrong? Like what's in there? I'm out. like, uh, it's all the Cheetos. <laughs>
0: No. <laughs> oh, that's uh, interesting. I've never but, heard um, of that.
1: But then I have another massage therapist and he was doing my massage and we got to talking and he was like, um, he was saying that, um, I was like, does anybody, you know, he, they can tell you so much about yourself. Like, he's like, oh, your jaw, your mm. left leg, you know, mm. your hip, this part and this shoulder you have, like, basically from doing hair, I have like, um, oh, yeah. muscle injury. Yeah. And I was like, you know, we we're talking about that. And I said, you know, is there anybody who like, doesn't feel Icky, you know, like because they, they, have I've heard yes. the massage therapists, yeah. like at the spa, I used to work out, like talk, like about yeah. people feeling like, ooh, and it's so interesting to me, you know, because it, it, it's like it feels crunchy, I guess, like their yeah. bodies, yeah, and um, and he said, yeah, like people who don't work, who do just tons of yoga,
0: oh, I was like, fascinating, yeah, because I guess that's like, well, they're working their, they are working their yeah. bodies, so, but they're, yeah, that's interesting, but they have like minimal stress, yeah. Hmm. Well, cause there's a lot of mind body connection yes. if you're doing a lot of yoga. Yeah. Yeah. And not That's working, Yeah. you know? So I was yeah. like, Oh, this is
1: so interesting. Hmm. So I thought that was really interesting, but yeah. you know, there's so, I mean, there's so many things like that. I've never
0: done like you've done acupuncture. I know I was, yeah, I was just going to say that like acupuncture and cupping are two of my favorite things to do. Um, when, if I am hurting or something, you know, I want to have some, I've gone to my acupuncturist with like any random body ailment. I've been like, my nose itches more than normal. And she's like, that's the meridian here. And she puts buns and needles on me. And I love it. I always feel so that's a silly example, but I mean, I've gone to her with real things and I have felt relief. I've felt so cared for. I think that's finding the right practitioner. I've, I've gone to other acupuncturists and haven't felt that same way, but just having that sense of like, Um, there's, there's a knowledge base there with Chinese medicine that feels very like it is very ancient and connected to all these other bodies and people that have been before me. Um, and so I really love that. And then, um, cupping became like very popular over the, um, the Olympics, you know, summer Olympics a few years ago when like all of the swimmers and a few other, olympians you could see like the cuppy marks on their back and stuff um, but I've really liked it for neck tension if I had mm-hmm. tension headaches every so often I think it's great for that but it's also really good if you ever get bronchitis again it's really good for any like lung stuff because it oh, helps i will get the, it again yeah so, so it, yeah it's after a massage you're gonna get something so you can yeah. go from a massage <laughs> to <laughs> get your get sick and then
1: go get cupped no the, um, my massage there was so kind because she'll actually take care of me when I'm sick and like rub like the oils that help oh. my lungs all over my body when I'm like like coughing and the, I mean, she's really generous to even touch me when I'm like that, but I mean, it's her fault because she gave me the massage. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh,
0: But yeah, it is. It's a strange thing. Um, I mean, the thing that I think I want to work on most is just, um, maybe not picking at my body so much Mm -hmm. mentally. Um, and also, yeah, just letting it be and loving it. If, if like a picking thought comes up, like I want to, combat it with love like i just want to thwack it and i hopefully at some point the battle will be less and it'll just be more like the ebb and flow of like a water cra- waves crashing like it yeah. comes and then i just let it let it let it ride and i think like if we're fortunate enough to age um i mean i know that's one thing that's on the horizon hopefully yeah exactly um and so that's something that i just I think that the thing I crave, which I think the body positivity and anti-diet and all of those Mm -hmm. movements that are out there, first of all, I think that like, they're still pretty fringe. Like the average person doesn't necessarily have exposure to that but I feel fortunate that we do. Yeah, you're right. Um, and I'm, I'm hopeful that like that will also turn as all of these, those young women that are leading this movement as they age, hopefully they will also help guide us into that. Because what I really like to see is more people talking about how they do feel good in their bodies and how they do feel good with the skin that they have and with the wrinkles that they have. And, um, I mean, I'm all about knowing, if there's a, if there's a better way to treat what I have, I want to know about it. Right. So that I, Cause if I'm going to, if I'm going to drink liquid all day long and the best liquid to drink is celery juice, then I'll drink celery juice. Right. Like, I don't know if I necessarily believe in the celery juice thing that hasn't been um, my okay, experience. I
1: read the book okay i
0: didn't know this man is just a medium
1: yeah he's just a sidekick. there he's yes. not a doctor there no. was no i was like waiting kept waiting for the part where he became the doctor <laughs> to kick in and i was like wait what but you no. know i also did it so i was did like did you well, did it make bit, you feel better i mean i love a. I i love celery juice so oh. it didn't bother me i i was drinking c- something similar anyway so i was kind of like okay like i love a good i love a green juice that tastes like greens i don't have a super sweet tooth so okay. for me it was just like an enjoyable experience did I feel like I needed to go like juice celery every day? Yeah. No, but okay. I don't know. I mean, there's like a whole protocol to it. That's, yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I like, can't
1: speak to that because I haven't done it.
0: No, but I mean, if there's a, if there's a better way to do it and then I actually do it and it makes me feel better, I'll stick with it. A good example is, um, and this is kind of getting into nutrition, but I've had a bulletproof coffee every morning for like five years, like, except for when I travel, like, that's just something that like I tried it. It's stuck. The habit is, was easy for yeah. me and it feels good. So like, I'm all about doing those sort of things that like kind of work my way into like, A healthier feeling. And then it also, when I do those things, makes me feel better about my body. So, like, you know, coming off vacation or any of those times where you feel like you've like swayed off and your body feels like crap. Like, now what I'm trying to do is just like, what's the easiest thing I can do to get myself back on track? Sleep. Sleep is like a thing that I, yeah, that's probably the number one thing for my body that I know I need to do that I'm not doing the best job Nobody with right is. now. Nobody it, is. I
1: know there's all these like books and I have yet to read one, which is surprising, but there's yeah, like all these that's books on that your I, reading I know. List. That's on my reading list. There are all these books about sleep that have come out and I've, I've listened to podcasts with some of the writers or authors on them. Mm-hmm. And you know, it is pretty fascinating because it's like we do spend a good or we should be spending a good portion of our lives sleeping. And I think we've come up with all these ways to avoid it yeah. and it cannot be avoided. And it's like what they're That's finding is like,
0: yeah.
1: y- you got to do it and you not only need to do it, you need to do it well. Like, you know, I do the blue light glasses. I do some of that stuff, but, okay. um, and I do think it helps. You like do. I do, I think it helps. I think it helps. We'll
0: put that in the show notes. Cause I'm actually need to buy some. So I, yeah. I would like to know which which ones you have and have you have you only had one pair?
1: I only have one pair, mine are okay. like a cheapie. and if I did it again, I'd pro- or I, when I do it again, I probably will buy a different one and I've done okay. some research on that so I can give you the info.
0: Yes, yeah. we'll put it in. Okay. The other thing I'd be interested in in knowing is just like what yeah, so with sleep, like what do you think what do you think would happen to your body if you like really dedicated an effort to sleep? I think I think that I've seen I think I've had like
1: Probably some of the, I've dealt with some issues with my thyroid, some issues with different things postpartum. And mm-hmm. I know that all of it came from not sleeping. Um, yeah. Because I was really like for that's months, super I only got, yeah, three months, three hours of sleep a night. Like if yeah. that, and that was like, that's thyroid what, that's issues after generous.
0: having a baby are super common. I never thought that like, oh, that could be it's related to the sleep.
1: Absolutely
0: the sleep deprivation
1: killed me. And the worst part was like, everybody would be like, sleep when the baby sleeps, but I didn't want to. I was like, no, yeah. I want to like live my life for me in that moment. And I think if I have another baby, if I ever do that again, I will, I will, well, I don't know how I would take that advice and I have another kid, but, um,
0: you would though. That's but the thing I is I, would I was try way to. more restful after. The second I, kid. I definitely will. Like,
1: you know, I think it's that whole paradigm shift of like, oh my God, this is my life now. and trying to reconcile that. And like, now I know that what the life you, is. Yeah, because so you I were don't,
0: becoming a mother. Yes. Now you're a mother. Now I'm a mother. So yeah. I
1: feel like the difference would be that I'll be like, okay, I'm asleep. I'm asleep. I'm gonna take a nap. I need, because your body, like you go through this trauma and then all of a sudden <laughs> it's like, Now take care of somebody else and you have no sleep and no time to recover. Whereas like if you had a surgery or something, people, you'd be laid up in bed for like a
0: month. Yeah. Car wreck surgery, like all of those big things. It's like, okay, now you need your rest. Let me get you some soup. And then after a baby, it's both hormonal and like emotional. It's all of the things, but there's, there's a real like pride factor of like, again, that's like a cultural thing. The sleep thing is a cultural thing. Like what if, you know, we could take the exact same thing we were saying earlier of like What if people started saying like, oh, I like went to bed really early and I feel super rested. Like that isn't, that isn't water cooler talk. Nobody said, everybody's like, oh, I need another cup of coffee because I didn't sleep last night. I mean, there's people
1: who use it in addition to other things. Like I know when I wasn't drinking, like people would be like, what have you noticed the biggest change in and the biggest shift? Because I did like a, a, another hundred day challenge that I made it to like day 50, but um, vacation struck again. (laughs) Uh, But I think, you know, the only thing that I did notice shift was, was the better sleep and I think it's like that was a time where that got brought up a little Mm. bit like oh I'm Mm -hmm. having really like luxurious sleep which I was um yeah I did but I but I don't know I have to read one of the sleep books I would I mean we could maybe do a whole sleep episode because it really is what if we each devote like took the time at some point to like devote to like resting and getting like the sleep we needed. Like, I don't even know if we could, number one, but...
0: Yeah, no, we can't. That's the thing. We can't. It's just choices we it's would have choices. to make. And yeah, to, adjusting. You have to make it a priority. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I mentioned that I'm trying to outsource my whole body to the universe. I mean, I got this new crystal and I was like, mm-hmm. I <laughs> want to... I want to just give this thing that's on my to-do list known as my body. I want to give it to somebody else. So I I held my crystal and I was like, "Universe, you can have my body for the next 100 days" because I was inspired by your 100-day oh, challenge. Oh, maybe that's my next 100-day challenge. <laughs> give it give it away. Give my body to the universe <laughs> and I was like, "I just can't I can't be bothered to worry about this anymore." Yeah. And I feel like I'm in a decent enough place that I feel stupid worrying about any of it. So it, I don't It is
1: it is. Yeah. It is a futile mission for yeah. most of the part am I really going to look back in five years and remember like the one inch of belly fat that's sitting there? Like, well,
0: that's the thing am too. I really going to
1: remember like the cellulite? Like, When no. you look back at
0: pictures of yourself in moments of, of joy, yeah, even if your body wasn't where you wanted it to be or whatever, like there has been times where I've looked back at pictures and I'm like, well, I just look really happy or good. Like th- that's what matters. Yeah. And so I think to sum it all up, I mean, we all have the body that we're in. And like, what if we picked it? What if this is what we chose? Like, I don't know for sure. Oh yeah, that's true. What if we were like in a line, we are like, I want that one. And we wanted that one because we wanted what we had, what we were going to have. And so, you know, you picked out your Barbie. Really blown out Now live in it, you (laughs) know, and love it. Because
1: it's the only Barbie doll
0: you're going to get to play with the rest of your life. God! <laughs> so you blew my mind with the I didn't, dead
1: flower. I didn't know Barbie was gonna get a
0: mention. <laughs> so I were gonna be either. like the anti-Barbie. <laughs> Here we are, <laughs> the body, the body conversation, and now it's a horrible. Bo- yeah, that's a pretty bad reference. <laughs> american girl doll <laughs>
2: <laughs> more
1: appropriate uh, is it though i don't know,
0: I don't know. at no. least no.
1: more uh probably more proportional i probably, don't know yeah
0: probably more culturally <laughs> open yeah you know that's uh, the that's the lens that i'm coming from
1: wow we're all that's just Sims. Funny. we're
0: all just the sims, the sims. Yeah. yeah did you play the sims oh
1: god yes i was that person that would like put them in the pool take their ladders out like evil <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, it's not like a fully baked podcast episode until we're both embarrassed. So I think this is a good, we've done it. We've, we
1: finished now we're here with bodies, (laughs) embarrassing
0: bodies, (laughs)
1: bodies that we love
0: bodies that we love and we love your bodies.
1: Yeah. So maybe you can tell us about your bodies, go to our Instagram page and, uh, and share with us something about your bodies we're going to post that you like that you like yeah we're going to post something a a prompt for you to share something positive about your bodies we want to hear it
0: okay friends thank you
1: for listening thank you friends for listening please connect with us that's pretty woo.com and on instagram at
0: that's pretty woo make sure you subscribe to catch next week's episode and share our pod with anyone you know who's into stuff that's That's pretty Pretty Woo. woo